Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Evil people, immorality, losing our temper, Baby drives you nuts at home, whatever. Husband drives you nuts, whatever. Losing our peace, gossip. Hundreds of things that tempt us during the day. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, what do you have to do? You and I have to submit ourselves to God and His will. What does that mean? I just submit myself to God and His word. If God's word says, don't do this, I submit to it. Today, Pastor Mark points out that if discretion will save us, then indiscretion can kill us. It'll destroy us. We must realize we'll never be free from temptation, but that doesn't mean we should willingly place ourselves in its path. If we're living with the end in mind, it'll greatly affect our decisions. And as Christians, we must resist the devil. We can't do this under our own power. We need the power of God. Nothing is too big for him to handle. Make the choice to submit yourself to God's Word. There's no way to be victorious in sin if you're living in it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 16, for our continuing study entitled, Avoiding Disaster on the Path of Life. And then we wonder why we lost the joy. It's because we didn't understand temptation and we blew it and fell to it. Now, the next threat is immoral people. Look at Proverbs 2.16. Let me just say this. In a few weeks, I'm going to be talking more about um, sexuality and marriage, and adultery. We'll do a couple things on marriage, and singleness, and sexuality, and so forth. So I'm just going to do a cursory look at this tonight. In fact, chapters 5, 6, and 7 are all about this in detail. Obviously, I can't chapter do all of that tonight. So I'm just going to give you a little cursory overview. Let's look at verse 16. It, what is it? Wisdom, discretion, that comes from God, comes from holy living, will save you from the adulteress. By the way, that's any man or woman who wants to lure us into any kind of immoral activity. Any kind. Well, God's wisdom will save me from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. You can just put he in there and just reverse it. It applies both ways. For her house leads down to death and her past to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Now, God made us sexual beings. Our sexual drive is very powerful. He designed sexuality to be good, exciting, but only with his protective guidelines. 
Now notice men in verse 16. Here is an area that we have to be very careful. Notice from the wayward wife with her, what kind of words? Seductive words. All of us out here as men, women know what words to use on us. Oh, you big hunk of a man. (laughs) You're so handsome. I feel so safe when I'm with you. We hear those things. And what happens to men is this. Our testosterone puts our ego out front. Our brains go in neutral. Not only that, but our brains become jello. And we're lost. Now we laugh, but that's exactly what happens. One of these weeks I'll go through Solomon and I'll go through Samson. And we do stupid things because we don't realize we can be tempted. Now ladies can be tempted the same way, just in a different aspect. Now, the Bible warns all of us about immorality, impure thoughts, sinful lusts. And the world system that we live in feeds on that. The world system we live in tonight, the TVs, the movie, the internet, just leads to that. It absolutely directs to that. So we have to be aware of that worldly system. I want you to say, well, when you look at this, Pastor Mark, can, is that really true? Is it, are immoral people really a threat? To Christians, stop for a moment. Think of people you know in your life that were wonderful Christians, that adultery has destroyed their marriage. See, we sit here tonight and say, couldn't happen to my marriage. You're setting yourself up. Well, Pastor Mark, it just could never happen in mine. I'm above that. No, you're not. Many a pastor tonight thought they were above it. You see, we're not above any of that. Satan's very strong. And if we have pride in our heart, what a dangerous place to go. Now, there's another option that I want to share with you. If discretion will save us, then indiscretion can kill us, can destroy us. Look at Proverbs 18 there. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. What that really means is, when you start going down this path of immorality, chat rooms, uh, pornography on the, on the net, uh, what, you know, pornography before, you used to have to go into the store, afraid people see you, take the brown bags out, do all, now in the privacy of our own bedrooms, our own offices, it floods us. Little innocent internet thing, little innocent webpage, little innocent talking with somebody in a chat room, and before long, What's it do? Look at it. Her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. The path of sexual immorality leads to despair and death. Now, what do you mean, Pastor Mark, that indiscretion can destroy us? This is an adult group, and I treat it as such. A group of doctors Tuesday claim that the federal government, specifically the Centers for Disease Control, has for at least a year suppressed a study about the effectiveness of condoms and endangered thousands of American lives in the process. 
The doctors claim that the government has known about the limitations in condoms in preventing sexually transmitted diseases, but nevertheless mounted a campaign in conjunction with the groups like Planned Parenthood that deliberately misrepresented the risk in sexual education curricula and public health programs. The entire public health model developed by the CDC and based on the idea that condoms offer protection is a lie. Well, Satan is the father of... The skeleton is now out of the closet. Listen to this. At a Washington, D.C. news conference, the 10,000-member Physicians Consortium claimed that the CDC has known for years that while condoms are 85% effective against the spread of HIV, that's like rolling the dice. 85%? What happens to the other 15? They offer less protection against STDs such as gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, and genital herpes. They go through all of this, and here's the final statement. I won't read the whole article. This is not about whether people should or should not use condoms. It's whether people ought to be told the whole truth about the efficacy of condoms. So what has the world system done to us tonight? It's taken the simple truth of God's word, which basically just says this. God says to us, if you're a single person tonight, remain pure. Don't have sex before you get married. It's God's word. He calls it, sex before marriage, a sin. What has the world done with that? The world says that's foolishness. You must live with the person to know them. While you're living with them, you can use birth control, you can use condom, all safe, no problem. Meanwhile, women get these sexually transmitted diseases, never can get rid of some of them. We don't have medicines for some. Can't get rid of them. Period. Notice when you start on this slide where it goes. I'm not talking just HIV. I'm talking about STDs. It's a slide that goes to death. Second thing we hear is, well, this is from Satan. You want to keep your marriage intact? I mean, you've been married to the same woman or guy for 30 years. What a boring life. Get something new going. So what do we have at 40 and 50? We have people getting divorced that you go, huh? Christians? You say, well, it doesn't happen to Christians. Divorce rate? Be careful now when we react to that. <laughs> We're just as vulnerable. Christian divorce rate's no different than the world divorce rate. Something's wrong. Here's what Satan says. Not only does he lie about condoms, and the safety, premarital sex, but he says this. When you serve God... There's no fun, no pleasure, no excitement. That's a lie. It's exactly what? The opposite. Do you know often in the last nine years, I've had young couples over the last nine years come into the office or talk to me at the end of a service, say, we weren't Christians, we came to this church, we happened to get here a week, you talked about sexuality. We don't know why we're here, but I guess we did after we heard you. We were living together. And some of you go, couples living together. <gasps> Wait a minute, let's go back to a statement a minute earlier. Sinners do what? Next. Relax. Sinners sin. They're doing what the world has taught them to do. So then they say, well, Pastor Mark, we know it's wrong. So we're going to separate. They separate. They go through premarital counseling. Six months, three months, year, whatever. Period of time, we marry them. They're doing it right. Now that's full joy. That's full satisfaction. And the world, their friends around them go, what are you, nuts? And they go, no, just serving God and having a great time doing it. Is it hard? 
It's hard. But what are they? A bright light in a dark world. You see, it takes something to stand for that which is right. And that's why God says, when we come to Him, we'll have wisdom to deal with evil people and immorality, pornography, sleeping together, adultery, chat rooms. We'll have the ability to deal with it in our own lives and get victory over it. That's positive. That's good news. That's great. Now, how do we defeat temptation? Let me give some things quickly. Number one, remember this. Realize we're never free from temptation. Realize we're never free from temptation. Don't leave here tonight looking down on other people. You just look at your own life. When the guy cuts in front of you tomorrow, don't care about somebody else sleeping together or in the other, whatever. You care about my reaction to the guy that just cut me off. Second, just write this down, James 1, 14 and 15. Don't place ourselves in the way of unnecessary temptation. Don't place yourself. Don't, and I'll more say about that when we go through adultery and immorality. Don't put yourself in compromising places. The Bible says our own flesh draws us away. Number three, realize, and you can write down this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Realize this, no temptation is too great to resist in God's power. Absolutely I have no excuse to say this to God. God, well, you brought that temptation in my that I, I cannot resist it. No, you're wrong. Every single time, you're wrong. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, He is faithful. He will never bring a temptation into my life that with His power, I can't overcome it. Now, God's two-step plan to victory. Evil people, immorality, Losing our temper, baby drives you nuts at home, whatever, husband drives you nuts, whatever, losing our peace, gossip, hundreds of things that tempt us during the day. James 4, 7 says this, submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what do you have to do? You and I have to submit ourselves to God and his will. What does that mean? I just submit myself to God and his word. If God's word says, don't do this, I submit to it. I don't argue with God and say, well, not, not in this. There's a little circumstance. God, you just don't really understand the whole situation here. No, just submit yourself to his word. Go with it. And let me say this. There's no way you can be victorious in sin if you're living in sin. How could you have victory if you're living in sin? Impossible. So we have to submit ourselves to God. Second, we have to resist the devil. We just have to say no to him. Now, you cannot do that in your own strength. You can say, well, I've made my mind up, Pastor Mark, that I'm strong enough in my own ability to resist the devil and to overcome all temptation. You're ready for a fall. Soon, very soon. I need the power of God in my life. That's why a non-Christian cannot live the godly life. But you and I can with God's power. But it's not only God's power. God will never force you to turn off the television station. When you accidentally come across something on the web, he will not say, block it out, move to the next web page. You have to do that. He'll give you the power, but we have to do it. Look back at Proverbs 2, verse 20. Look what he says. Look what the end result of all of this is. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and then the blameless will remain 
in it. I have for you the sequence. You've already written the first three lines, so you don't need those. Just remember when you go back to your notes to look at these three. Let me give you the next ones. We already wrote, let's look at them, the ifs. We already wrote those. We already talked about those. If we accept God's word as true and obey it, if we admit and ask God's word for help, if we desire and study God's word, if, 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 that was the three things I gave you at the beginning of our teaching. If you do those three things, then this happens. Then we'll have God's wisdom. And when you get God's wisdom, what do you get? Discretion. You absolutely get the ability to choose between right or wrong. We, we can see it clearly. And when we see clearly between right or wrong, the next thing we get is this. We get protection and power and direction on the path of life. So, if, 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 then I get wisdom, I get discretion, I get the ability to see who evil people really are and what they're trying to do in my life, and I can avoid it. I can avoid uh, immoral kind of situations. All the other temptations, just big basket full that Satan has ready for me. Uh, I can overcome all of those. And what does that lead to? Then you saw in verse 20, the word is thus, thus. At the end of this, what's happening in that process? Thus, our path of life will be stable, secure, and pleasant. So when I do all that, and I realize I'm vulnerable, and I know that God loves me, and that his power in me is greater than the temptation that Satan's going to bring, but I'm wise enough to know that he could bring something in my life, if I choose to fall, I will fall. I'm wise enough to know that. So I put up those safeguards. I submit to his will. I resist the enemy. And he has to flee from me. That's re He has to flee from me. He's fleeing because of the power of God. So thus, my path of life, I don't have to be where I'm leaving tonight. Satan's after me. I'm going to fall tomorrow. I'm going to just give up and go on and forget it. No, not at all. My path is stable. It's secure. And it's pleasant. But there's another step. The last one is this, only this path leads to our desired end, which is heaven. Notice in verse 21, for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Now in the days of Israel, was talking about attaining the promised land and so forth. We're past that. We're in the Christian realm. We will go to heaven. As we continue along this path... As we continue along this path of life, if I read the Bible, obey it, if I pray, if I desire and ask for wisdom, if I dig in the Word of God and, and really know that that Word is going to be power to me, then all of a sudden those three ifs open a path of life for me that I have God's wisdom. I can do life right. And then on the path of life, there'll be all kinds of choices. Man, over here and over here and over here, and I'll have the discernment to pick the right choice. Instead of sticking my hand down in a cobra, I'll go, that was stupid. I ain't doing it. Somebody holds up a Krispy Kreme and you've had quad bypass, I drive right on by. It's just common sense. And God gives me the ability. And as I do that, evil people might come against me. I might be tempted as a young person to lose my virginity and start over here. Everybody's doing it. But I'll, I'll, I won't do that. I, I won't divorce my wife or husband of 30 years or 40 years and look for greener pastures. I'll have the discernment and the power and the ability not to do those things. I have victory over all of those temptations. So I'm stable. I'm growing. I'm secure. And it's a great lifestyle. Didn't mean it's easy. But it's a great lifestyle. Now, 
One more thing. Look at verse 22. There was another road for the baby loggerhead. They should have headed east. They headed west. There was another road. They made the wrong choice. There is another road. Look at verse 22. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. I just want to share two things. When I teach, I often ask God for insight at the end, specifically. You see, these turtles thought that they were doing right. They saw light. Satan is the angel of light. He's a great deceiver. And some of you are on a road tonight that's going to end in disaster. Just like verse 22 says, it will absolutely end in disaster. In fact, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. I could have said that there's a way that seemed right to the loggerhead turtles, but the end for many of them was death. Now, it was just as easy to cross A1A as it was to go to the ocean, but it was death. See, it's easy the road you're on, but you're on the wrong road tonight. You see, Satan will lie to you and say, all roads are fine. No, they're not fine. There's only one road that's fine. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. There's only one direction you can go if you want to go to heaven. There's absolutely only one. So what Jesus tries to say to us tonight is this. You can't travel on two paths. You're either going to be on God's path, go to heaven. You're going to be on Satan's path, and it's going to end up in hell. Life is a journey. What path are you on? Listen. Two groups of people I want to talk to. I talked about some of you earlier. You used to walk with God, but you're not on the path anymore. Somehow you got off. Some temptation, some steps led you to the path you're on, and it's going away from God. You're miserable. You know what's right, and you're here. And you said earlier on, I can't believe he's talking to me. No, I'm not. God is. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you to come home. He won't force you, but he's got your attention. Why would you go down that path? There's nothing but death. You come back, and I want you to say, that's me. I'm tired of it, tired of being deceived. I know exactly what's right, and I'm going to get back on that path. Some of you are new. You're like the young couples that I talked about, never knew Christianity, didn't know that you had to be saved, didn't know that Jesus died for you, thought because you're religious, you're going to heaven. You're not. You can only get there through Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he's the life. And you've been crossing A1A all your life. And you've gotten away with it so far. But one of these days you won't. Today's the day to turn around and head to God. He's got your attention. Sin will destroy your life. But you can have life. It's not restrictive. It's wonderful. It's joyous. Life's a journey. Eternity's the destination. Will you spend it with or without God? Scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. We've been learning about the benefits of embracing the wisdom of God. Pastor Mark's done a great job helping us understand the consequences of our choices. And when we choose right, our path will be stable, secure, and pleasant. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Plan on joining us next time where we're reminded that our futures are influenced by the quality of our friends. There's different ways of saying that, but Pastor Mark will examine what God says about being a good friend and having them too. God designed us for friendship, and when we count him as a friend and use him as our model, we'll never go wrong. Be sure and listen into this important message on developing and maintaining godly relationships. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear